0: already has started. Lights are flashing, bells are ringing, ducks and geese are singing. Wow, it almost sound like I made a Christmas song there. <laughs> uh, I need more coffee. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show and I am your host. So great to be with you, Brian Pointer. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. You know it. We've been talking about it here for all these years. They are the ones you sign up to be a free organ and tissue donor. You can save up to eight lives heal 75 others it's free you don't have any screenings just sign up driven to save org. what a great show we have here and here i am rambling and rambling but uh, tim beck with hunter education is going to join us here very shortly now is a great time of the year maybe for a stocking stuff or gift maybe just an event to look forward to with friends or family, hunter education requirement if you were born after December 31st, 1986, to get your hunting and fishing license. We're going to find out what that's all about, how you go about signing up. It's one of my favorite guests. Also, you might have heard about it. Maybe you've been there. The toboggan at Pokagon State Park opened up last weekend, and we're going to find out from Nikki Ball, who is the interpretive naturalist. Up at Pokagon, it's my favorite state park, Potawatomi Inn, my favorite inn, is going to be with us talking about the history of the toboggan and what you need to do. It's been a great thing for me and just take somebody younger with you. That's all I got to say. We'll find out why in just a little bit. Billy McDonald, he is a professional bass fisherman, great Hoosier. Friend of Indiana Outdoors. He's gonna find we're gonna find out what he's doing, what he's looking forward to into this next season. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer, Tim Beck, Hunter Education. When we come back right after this, it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you this mid-December or early December, I should say. Gosh, don't take the days away from me. I need every one of them. And uh, just looking forward to some cooler weather as hopefully everybody relaxes and moves through all the cocktail parties and get-togethers and all the other stuff that goes along with this beautiful time of the year. But making sure we get to the outdoors as well, or plan for next year. Joining me, as mentioned, Tim Beck is with me, and he is one of my favorites. He is in charge of the hunter education here in the state of Indiana. It's great to visit with you, my friend, and it's been a minute. Have you enjoyed uh, 2022? It's almost gone. I know it's going to have to. It's probably been a busy year, but how's uh, hunter education, and how's Tim been?
1: Oh, it's been a, it's been a good year. I mean. With all the trials and tribulation we had in the previous years, we had a really good 2022. Uh, The the hunter education program went really well. Um, We had a lot of people certified and attended the classes, and all our events came off without a hitch this year. So uh, very pleased with 2022 and looking forward to the start of the new year after a short break here.
0: Hunter education so very important, and you got to plan for it a little bit. It's a great program, one of the best in the country, and you got nearly a thousand volunteers out there that you're working to help bring these events off without a hitch, as you say. Just I'm curious, in the I don't know, last three, four, five years, are more people taking hunter education or less?
1: I think the numbers are pretty stable, Brian. Really, to make you know, uh thing. We're seeing a little more take online. Of course, with everything being the way it is, so much has moved online. But uh, we still have a lot of people come to our traditional courses, whether it's an in person and they can learn from our volunteers and you absolutely said it right, i mean we've got we're blessed with some wonderful volunteers and conservation officers through the law enforcement division that deliver a great program, but I think the numbers are pretty stable, and we're seeing quite a rise with even some of the uh few more ladies are getting out there. a lot of younger folks are are hitting the field a little bit with their parents or their guardians and uh it's it's really coming along I think pretty nicely we're making some strides in the right direction.
0: Tim Beck with Hunter Education here in the state joins us. I'd say so. I don't know that you could say it any more fairly. I mean, you guys have got a great organization. And as someone who took Hunter Education, gosh, so long ago, I don't even want to venture a guess as to when it was in the 80s, maybe. And then went through with each one of my three kids, I encourage people to... Do this uh, with. I encourage the in person. As you know, I encourage you to go with someone, take a youngster. But it's amazing what I even learned and was refreshed, uh, just because I think it was so in depth and the curriculum was so good. But I think there's something special about being in person.
1: Oh, I agree with you totally. I mean with you know with all the new products that are out on the market and everything we really pride ourselves in trying to continue the education of our instructors and, and get them updated on the new equipment the new uh tools that are out there for the hunters and that to use so uh, you just can't replace an in person conversation you get a see into that student's eyes what they're looking for, and you can just you can custom tailor your program a lot better than you can on an online and so I'm with you totally i uh, I think it If available, you definitely should take advantage of the in-person because there's so much to share with that room of people. It's really exciting.
0: And you know, as they always say, there's no dumb questions and people ask questions and you probably are going to learn something from that. But the interaction between the students and those that are presenting the curriculum, I think, is invaluable. So let's refresh everybody for hunter education. We've got the start of a new year upon us, new hunting seasons coming up but for those that may not be familiar with what we're talking about, what's the law?
1: Yeah, if you're born after December 31st, 1986, you need to take a hunter education to get your license. There is an apprentice license out there for people who want to get out in the field and give it a try, but you can go to our website, uh, indianahuntereducation.com, and you can click on the box that says for training, you put in your zip code, and it's going to populate any class that's within Seventy miles of where you're at, and you can actually change that uh, distance. But uh, right now, we're actually in December, really winding down for the year. But after the first of the new year, you will definitely see a lot more classes popping up, where you be able to have the opportunity to take someone to a class and get ready for the spring season when we're talking about turkeys and and just getting ready to hit the field again.
0: Tim Beck is joining us. I got a, you know, th- th- how do I even say this? You know, the hunter education can be kind of dismissed, but it is a requirement by law after December 31st, 1986, and there are more options today, and it's very easy to get signed up. I'd like to give people a flavor of kind of what that 10-hour course looks like for those – what do we have to do in hunter education? My gosh, I've been doing this for a long time, or I can teach my kids more than anything else, but it's the law. So what are people expecting when when they walk into one of these classes?
1: Well, it's a well-rounded course. Uh, we have reciprocity with all the states out there, so we have a we have a curriculum that needs to be covered from all the, regardless of what state you go to. So everything from just planning the hunt to basic safety, we you know, we instruct on all the different uh, firearms and archery equipment that are out there. We talk a little bit about preparing for the hunt. We talk a little bit about, Uh, first aid, uh, what to do. I mean, it's just a well-rounded course that we hope that we can provide uh, information on just about every aspect of it. Of course, one of the biggest things that we promote is safety. I mean, and and the key to safety is education. And if we can educate the people heading outdoors on, you know, if they are going to go hunt, make sure they're telling somebody if they're using an elevated platform, make sure that we're using a, a safety harness and that they're staying connected, not only when they're, you know, going up the tree, but when they're coming down, it's just all these little things that sometimes we take for granted is what the the program is designed to rekindle the thought process and bring you back to make sure when you go out in the field, you're coming home and returning safely to your loved ones.
0: Well, we visit with our friends in law enforcement regularly, and I, like a lot of folks, see these reports in the media of just nobody ever wants to go out in the morning thinking, oh, today's the day I'm going to have an accident. And yep. education can help prevent a lot of useless pain and suffering. And in, and hunting in general is an exceedingly uh, safe environment for folks most of the time. But there are some inherent dangers. And it's not just focused on safety, but that is a huge aspect of it. And going back to this idea of getting there in person, like tree stands, for example. We just talked on that and hinted about that. Sometimes just people don't know what you mean by a tree stand. What is the difference in all the different tree stands? And in my experience, some of these instructors will actually bring them in and show you what they look like and let you experience what those look like or bring in the new advancements and safety harnesses so people can see it firsthand. You, just, you can see a picture of it online, but until you actually get to feel it, I'm not sure it's the same impact.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah. All our hunter ed classes put a strong emphasis on uh, hunting from an elevated platform. And that's, you know, if we have one area that we look at every year, that's the one. And we put a huge amount of effort into trying to ensure that people are educated. But yet every hunting season, that seems to be our number one incident, um, where someone accidentally fell out of a, you know, a tree stand or whatever. And just about every time, uh, It could have been prevented by some basic uh, use of safety equipment. So we do spend a lot of time on that, and we do have the equipment there at the classes. We show it. You can walk up and feel it. you got a question, you can ask about it, and uh, we do put a lot of emphasis on that.
0: So as people are looking forward to next year, it is a 10-hour class, and there are different – Places, of course, around the state that you can take it. You can do it online, but it does require a little bit of planning. I don't know of a better event to take a a next generation along with you to show, hey, this is important to me. I'm going with you, I think speaks volumes. And when you get to take the test and you walk out of there with that hunter education card, you kind of feel like you've done something that was not just a waste of time. And that's never the intention of these types of things is to waste anybody's time, but I, I felt a great sense of, wow, that was a good investment of my time, especially with my three kids. Well,
1: and one other benefit I think that's huge, Brian, that sometimes we overlook. Yes, we have a great core of Uh, volunteer instructors at where they get to meet the volunteers and talk to them and everything. But they also get an opportunity to meet our Indiana conservation officers, the guys and the gals that actually work your counties, work your area, the ones that are there for you. You can actually get a chance to meet them, talk to them, and understand what their duties are and just absolutely spend some time with these folks. And it'll be time that you will always remember. I always tell our officers and our volunteers, that six-year-old, will be in your class, and two years down the road, you may forget that face or whatever, but I can just about guarantee you that that six-year-old is going to remember you, that you were my instructor, that I took my hunter-ed course, or you were my officer, and it makes a huge impact. It's a life event.
0: Boy, I tell you what, you couldn't have hit on anything more important, the value of getting to know your conservation officers in these classes, and they're very dedicated to hunter education. I heard you mention something that someone's probably asking themselves right now. Is there there an age at which it's appropriate, or what's the youngest you want people coming into the classrooms and taking this?
1: Well, the biggest thing that we see a lot of times on this is that they have to be able to understand and comprehend and retain retain the information that we're giving. That's why the, the, the apprentice license comes in so handy uh, that you can, you know, literally, if you're taking a six-year-old or that, you, you can have three licenses for that child before and then. By that time, they're turning nine. That's going to give them, we like to say that eight, seven, eight, or nine, you know, eight and nines really, probably the low end of it, but each child is so different and the learning and their environment they grow up in. So it is kind of a hard question to answer but our normal answer is usually eight, nine in that area, ten is where we're at, but there are youngers that do take it and do quite well.
0: Yes, there are indeed. Of course, your presence is going to be felt, I'm sure, at the deer turkey waterfowl expo coming up the 68th annual ford boat sport and travel show we've already had kevin renfro on talking about some of the great highlights and looking forward to what will be a fantastic time to get together and i don't know all the specifics but he has some things up his sleeve as he always does and you guys have a big presence out there for the especially for the deer turkey waterfowl expo what's on tap this year
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. We're there every year. We're going to have our booth there, and and we'll always have some kind of interactive um, activity going on at the booth, uh, whether it be a simulated shooting range or something we'll have there. We always have furs and everything there. uh, But we'll definitely have a strong presence there. That's one of the events we look forward to every year for sure.
0: Well, there again, you've shared this over the years with me that a lot of the conservation officers there that show up in uniform – Just to hang out and answer questions. And I don't know of a better time to get one-on-one FaceTime belly-to-belly with a conservation officer. You certainly don't want to do it in the field. But if you have questions and there's been so much change, my gosh, I get questions all the time. What about this and what about that with the changing in technology? It's just a good opportunity to to visit belly-to-belly with one of our fine men or women who wear that green uniform uh, especially at the Deer, Turkey, Waterfowl Expo.
1: Absolutely, they 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 take a lot of pride in their work. They understand the laws, and they're there to help you. And a lot of times, sometimes that gets misunderstood. But that's what they're there for. They're there to help you, and they are anxious to help the public in any way they can. So come out and join us at that event, and as well as our other events throughout the year, the State Fair, numerous events across the state. Come yep. out and visit with us.
0: Absolutely, we just put fifteen new. Conservation officers in the field are at least getting ready for the field, passing the first stage and moving forward. So by the time we end up uh, next summer, hopefully, I'm not sure when the schedule for these deployments into the field will be. We'll have some more. Maybe we'll get to meet them at the uh, Indiana State Fair as well. Did you put any venison in the freezer? Yeah, we had a good
1: year. So uh, happy about that. Um, A lot of grandsons got his first year this year. So, yeah, there were a lot of highlights this year. So very pleased with the year.
0: All right. One more time, if people are looking and planning and maybe wanting to give a gift, looking for something to do this holiday season or after the first of the year with kids or neighbors or something else, what's the information they need and how easy is it?
1: Well, just again, our website is very user-friendly. Just type in IndianaHunterEducation.com. And it'll take you to our website where you can put in your zip code and it'll populate all the classes in your area. You can choose the one that fits your schedule and join us at one of our training events. I think you'll really enjoy it.
0: I do too. Tim Beck, if I don't talk to you, I wish you the happiest of holiday seasons. Thank you for all the work that you do on behalf of Hoosier Hunters around the state of Indiana. We wish you and your family the best.
1: You too, Brian. Take care. Have a good holiday season.
0: Couldn't have said it any better. My good friend Tim Beck, Hunter Education. What a great gift to put in your stocking, right? It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back right after this. We're going to talk about the toboggan. Yeah, the one up at Pokehagen. You know what? We're going to find out what you need to know to ride the toboggan, which opened last weekend. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, back right after this. Is the Indiana Outdoor Show. My, oh my, here we are in the mad dash towards the holiday season. But you can always rely on Indiana Outdoors. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. You can send to be that organ and tissue donor when you buy that hunting and fishing license. It couldn't be any easier. Well, there's so many Christmas seasons. The state parks is a great destination. Any one of them during this holiday season None as good, in my mind, as Pokagon. Joining me now is Nikki Ball. She is the interpretive naturalist at Pokagan And Nikki, it's a beautiful time of the year. It's a great time to come to the state parks. And first and foremost, thanks for being here. But uh, Pokagon is one of the great winter destinations, and I know you're proud of it.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yep, we absolutely love the park. Of course, we're partial to it. Um, but we're kind of known as Indiana's Winter Playground, and um, Pokagan State Park has been here since 1925. So it's a tradition for a lot of people to come visit here, especially in the wintertime. Um, we're up north for, for most Hoosiers, and so um, it's just a, a great time to spend the holidays, the Christmas season, especially with our um, toboggan run.
0: Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. It is... Just a, you know, every one of the parks, I say this with all the managers we talk to and all of your peers in the interpretive natural world who I love to speak with, there's always a different feel for our state parks in different times of the year. And they all have their own beauty But man, there is nothing better than going up to Pokagon The toboggan, which we'll talk about here in a second But so many other great natural features up in that northeastern part of the state Let's talk about what's first of mind Kind of missed it, it was last weekend But the toboggan is officially open Tell us about that, and if people are not familiar with it Describe what you got going on up there
2: have a refrigerated toboggan run at Pokagon. Um, it's been here since 1935, believe it or not. Um, it started when the Civilian Conservation Corps was stationed at the park. These were young men, 18 to 25, who were living and working at the park, essentially turning us into a park. They were building roads and trails and lots of our structures. And their first winter here, there wasn't as much as they could do in the wintertime. And their camp was stationed um, right at the top of this beautiful hill that kind of coasted down to the Potawatomi Inn, which is still here and was there at the time. And they started sledding down that hill and eventually made kind of a wooden toboggan track that sort of um, went down this hill and curved at the end. And over the next few years, they started improving it. They um, straightened the track up so their sleds could go faster, and they built a tower um, to gain some speed down the hill as well. And by 1938, the park manager at the time saw that so many people were enjoying watching the CCC boys go down it that he thought that this should be a public attraction. So the toboggan run opened in 1938, and then over the years. It's gone through a lot of upgrades. So by 1941, a second track was added, so we have a a twin track. And then in the 1970s, the track was refrigerated. Um, Essentially, that means there's kind of pipes that run underneath the track um, with a coolant, and we spray water on the track, and then that water freezes. So the track um, doesn't need snow or ice, um, well, I guess it, it needs ice, but we provide the ice, but it doesn't need snow and it doesn't need um, below freezing temperatures to run, so even if it's, you know, 40, even 50 degrees out, we can still run the toboggan. Um, so. The toboggan, um, it's probably our biggest attraction. We have over 100,000 riders that come every year. Um, Folks can come out. You rent a toboggan sled from us. Uh, Four people can fit on the sled, and um, it's a lot of fun. You go... um, It's a quarter mile long, so it's quite a long ride. You'll be on it for 20 or 30 seconds at a time. And from the top of the tower to the end of the track, you're going to drop about 90 feet vertically. Most people go about 35 miles an hour, but their record speed is 43 miles an hour.
0: You know what? You just hit everything. You didn't even leave me an opportunity to follow up (laughs) because that was so thorough. Well, I love it.
2: You. We love talking about the toboggan.
0: <laughs> well, it is worthy, and it's got a great history, and a lot of our state parks and the great features, the buildings, the attractions were built in that same genre and have just been added to and changed over the years. Of course, we've got one of the iconic uh, state parks closing its end for a major renovation, and they've, they've treated Hoosiers very well And the history of the toboggan certainly is one that uh, you could go back and trace and really get into some of the some of the nitty-gritty of how and when that was added and changed but you just did such an adequate job we won't have to do that so tell me what are the hours and what do people need to know because we don't we know we don't need uh freezing cold we don't need ice that's all provided but what do people do when they get there
2: Yep, so um, it's open on Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 6, and it'll be open um, through the end of February. Then we also have extended hours over Christmas break, so from December 17th to January 1st, it'll be open every day except for Christmas Day. And then we're also open Martin Luther King Day and President's Day, so pretty much anytime kids are out of school, it's going to be open. Um, But you come to the park and you go to what's called our rental room and warming center. Um, It's like a two-story building. On the bottom level is where you'll rent the sled. Um, It's $20, and that rents the sled for the hour. So um, on a busy day, we guarantee at least one run in that hour. But if it's not a busy day, you could probably get two, three, maybe even four runs in that hour. Um, Like I said, you can fit four people on one sled. Um, when you get to the bottom of the hill, you are responsible for bringing your sled back up the hill.
0: Oh, now 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 you're now you're talking smack.
2: <laughs> so we want to throw that out there. Um, but there's a couple ways you can go about. It. Of course, you can walk the one quarter mile back up. Um, And a lot of people do that, and I always say that's that's a tradition. You know, the CCC boys had to do it that way, and so that's how uh, we still do it to this day. Some people, though, they come with um, a driver, so they bring an extra person with them who has a truck or a van, and they'll park at the bottom of the hill. And so when their friends get to the bottom, they can put that toboggan in the truck or van and drive them back up to the upper toboggan parking lot, and then you can get maybe an extra ride or two in that way.
0: You know what? There's always that creative ingenuity that I love I've seen people there when it's so cold and people are you know wearing shorts and doing all kinds of goofy stuff and it's just a a fun place it's a great dynamic and it is a ride I've told director Bortner that between he and I we could set that new speed limit because it's not about the number of people it's about the weight
2: it is about the weight yep <laughs>
0: we get, we can we can handle it anything else people need to know uh, otherwise we appreciate any what else is going on in the park in the winter time
2: Yeah, so um, here at the Nature Center, we have some fun things planned. Um, Every Tuesday morning, um, December, January, and February, we have, um, we call it Trail Tuesdays. So we start um, a hike from the Pottawatomie Inn. And so we have some different winter, kind of winter-themed hikes going on every Tuesday at 10 in the morning. Um, And then once a month, December, January, and February, we do a candlelit walk. Um, So that takes place on the third Saturday of every month. And uh, we light up one of our one-mile kind of easy-to-walk trails with these cool little candles all along the way. And so that's a lot of fun. We have a bonfire at the end of it. Um, so that's going on. And then um, we also, um, starting last year, we started renting snowshoes out of the toboggan rental room. So that's another activity that people can do um, while they're visiting the park. As long as there's about four inches of snow, people can um, rent some snowshoes and, and try that. out.
0: You are fantastic, Nikki. We appreciate all the work that you and the Interpretive Naturalists do in all of our state parks. Wishing you a holiday best and encouraging Hoosiers to get up to Pokagon, stop into the Pottawatomie Inn, and uh, check out the toboggan. A lot of great energy. Thanks so much for being with us today.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. What a great place to do. There should be no reason. You say, well, I don't know what we're going to do this weekend. There's a good opportunity to get up there and take advantage of the great outdoors in our state parks. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting this thing started. We're going to be back right after this. Great show. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to the number two save lives dot org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. Help save up to eight lives and heal 75 others. What a great show. The toboggan is open. Appreciate Nikki giving us the update. The interpretive naturalist up at the Pokagon State Park. Kick things off with Tim Beck and Hunter Education. Always great to put something like that in stockings. Spend some time together plan next year for that next opportunity, Indiana Hunter Education. As mentioned at the top of the hour, can't forget our fishing friends, Billy McDonald, one of our Hoosier professional bass fishermen, great friend of Indiana Outdoors. Bill, it's great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors and uh, maybe taking a break. I don't know what you guys do, because you you guys travel so darn much. What have you been doing lately?
3: Oh, Brian, same thing, just traveling. (laughs) No, it's, uh, we take a little time off to to hunt, you know, so been deer hunting a little bit, you know, I've I got a lease in Wisconsin, so been running back and forth to there some, and as well as here and just staying busy and working on contracts, trying to get everything set and ready to start the uh, 2023 season.
0: Boy, it's hard to believe Bill McDonald is professional bass fisherman. How many years is this, will this be in the upcoming season? What season for you?
3: Uh, let's see, I started in 2004 actually fishing the uh, FLW Tour, and this year will be a change for me. I'm going to fish the Bassmaster Opens this year, so excited about a change.
0: So for those that may not be as familiar with the tours and the circuits and all the competitions, uh, that would include me. Tell me what that means uh, it's
3: just a uh, different league bass has been around for 50 years and you know flw was around for 20 years and then mlf has bought them they've made a lot of changes on the mlf side of things and just kind of going back to where it all started back to the uh, bass masters they're so excited about that again opportunity to qualify for the elite and to uh, qualify to go to the Bassmaster classic
0: Boy, that would be something else. I know you've enjoyed. You're a great teacher. You were always teaching at your different venues with your partners and friendly competitors on the circuit. You've got a great relationship with Lucas Lucas Oil, one of your great sponsors. And, you know, you're just one of the good guys. And I've always kind of wondered kind of what you do this time of the year. And it sounds like you're still running a business. It still comes down to making sure the nuts and bolts fit, right?
3: yeah it's it's never a dull moment i've got the new boat already uh actually making scheduling to get it wrapped next week with the lucas oil wrap on that new bass cap so that'll be done Uh, and then scheduling seminar appearances i know the outdoorsman sports shop in greenwood will have an open house the 21st of january and then i'll be speaking at the indianapolis boat sport and travel show with the rim there uh the very first weekend the 17th 18th and 19th out there doing some seminars and then right after that i leave the middle of that week the the season starts so it's it's game on again
0: so with changing circuits will you fish places that are new to you
3: yeah there's two new venues this year that i've never been to so that's kind of going to be exciting and uh not many people have ever been to them either so that's that's kind of exciting and some of the other lakes, like I said, we've been to them. It's just this year we're going kind of going to them at different times of the year, which is always exciting. Anytime you do something new, to me, you know, it's a challenge, and it's exciting to get out and do that.
0: So with uh, a little time off, you talked about doing a little hunting. I know you're an avid deer hunter. Did you put any venison in the freezer?
3: I did not. I missed the biggest deer I've ever shot at and, with my bow. And... I, I'm not just a guy that wants to go out and just kill any deer. So I'm just, you know, I'm very selective on what I want to harvest. So I hunted the rest of the year and never seen the the right deer that I wanted to harvest. So very successful year, seeing a lot of really good deer, but uh, just the opportunity didn't present itself for me to to. You know, to harvest the one that I wanted. So it's
0: all good. That's the way it should be. And I uh, love your social media stuff and your YouTube channel and all the things that you promote. BillMcDonaldFishing.com. You got BMACFishing on Instagram. You just uh, you do so much. Um, you've seen a lot of new competition. What are your thoughts about these youngsters coming up? They seem to be very, very, very talented fishermen coming from a lot of different places, joining the the different circuits. What's your comments on the future of bass fishing?
3: Oh, it's up and coming. It's growing. Uh, these young guys are a real deal. I mean, you got high school fishing, you got college fishing. You know, these guys are getting the scholarships to go fish, and when they come out, I mean, they are they are seasoned. They're ready to go. So it's it's challenging and with the changes in the electronic world you know you either got to stay up on it or or get kicked to the curb so you're always trying to learn and you know with some of the better days of weather coming up i'll be spending time on the water playing with the electronics here well you know all it's cold out and uh, we'll still be out there because like i said you got to compete against these young guys and age ages and on my side,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you or me, both, my brother, but you are a proponent of these electronics that you talked about, and we've seen some new innovations, both electronically that go in the boat and apps that you carry with you to help you be a better fisherman. What are some of the things that you're touting right now
3: yeah the 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 garmin lightscope or forward facing sonar is uh, it's the newest, latest greatest thing out there, and it's just amazing the fish that we always would say have moved or they've left or they're not biting. Uh, those fish are still right there, you know. And and some people are saying, well, it's going to run fishing because you can catch every fish you see. Well, I, I'm here to tell you, you cannot catch every one of those fish that you <laughs> see. <laughs> that made me laugh. I wish it was that. I wish it was that way. But it's uh, it's amazing to be able to watch fish and see how they react to your bait. You know, positive or negative. And uh, it just put a whole new dynamic to the game, and some guys are calling it video fishing. That's where the young guys are kind of excelling. I really like the forward facing sonar to be able to find structure and different things that that you can't see. You know that that are way out in front of you because mine will shoot one 100- hundred. I can, I can clearly see 100, 125 feet out in front of me now. Wow. So if, there, if there's a grass clump or a rock pile or a stump, I can see that and fish it before I ever get to it.
0: Billy, you're great to be with us. Best to you and your family. Continue your outdoor pursuits this fall. We'll look forward to catching up with you, and congratulations on the new circuit. Billy McDonald, one of Indiana's great professional bass fishermen. Best to you and your family this holiday season.
3: Brian, you guys have a Merry Christmas, and thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
0: As always. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Billy McDonald. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Great to be with him. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. I tried to deliver on my promises and I think I did a good job. What a show. Always great when you kick things off with Tim Beck and Hunter Education. Nearly a thousand volunteers in that great organization, and no better time to be doing the preparation for next year than right now. Find someone, help them, encourage them, recruit them, take them to Hunter Education. Let's bring some more hunters to the field and forest. The Toboggan, I love talking to our friends up at Pokagon. It's truly a winter wonderland, a park that was designed, not literally, but uh, kind of has its focus now on winter sports. The Pottawatomie Inn is gorgeous. The big fire pits. The, they got a great, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but I had one of my great New Year's Eves up there with my kids, and I'm telling you. Great place to go if you want to do some wintertime fun. The toboggan is open. Just check it out. Just Google it. What a great history lesson as well. Billy McDonald, one of Indiana's professional bass fishermen, switching tours, going up to the uh, Elite Tour, and he is one of my favorites. Check out all his social media. Just Google Billy McDonald Hoosier and follow him on Instagram. Check him out on youtube or his.com folks it is a great privilege each and every week it's been a great year we still have some time left but very thankful this time of the year and as always to bring you indiana outdoors and you can count the fact we'll be back next weekend remember to turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R let the professional law enforcement take it from there if you see something say something Folks, be good. We'll see you. Be safe. I'll see you in the Great Indian Outdoors.